What is up everyone and welcome back to another new release Monday here on Cinemac Reviews. As always, I'll be your host Chris and this is the show about all things movies and TV. Every week we'll dive into the newest releases, beloved franchises, and even upcoming projects like Star Wars and Marvel. You can support the show by giving it a rating slash review on your favorite podcast service, as well as hitting the follow button on all of its social media pages. I really do appreciate all the support out there, especially those outside of the US. It's an awesome feeling knowing that this show is now international. On today's episode, we're gonna take a trip to the vampire infested world of Day Shift, which teams up Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, and Snoop Dogg. To get things started though, let's talk about some facts. So unfortunately, there aren't a lot of facts out there about the film since it just came out. Um, Day Shift is the newest Netflix original film that was released on August 12th, 2022. It was directed by J.J. Perry, who uh, makes his directorial debut with the film. Uh, he typically works in front of the camera as a stuntman. He's, he's done projects like Pineapple Express, John Wick, Warrior, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and even Paranormal Activity 2. When Bud and uh, Big John, who is played by Snoop Dogg, uh, entered the Hunter's Union, a portrait of Abraham Lincoln is displayed on one of the walls. This, is, of course, is a nod to the film Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which is a really interesting film. I do recommend it uh, to anyone, really. It's, it's an interesting action movie slash vampire film where Abraham Lincoln hunts vampires. It's, it's a pretty cool idea. Jamie Foxx and Keith Jefferson previously starred in Django Unchained together, which uh, was directed by Quentin Tarantino. J.J. Uh, Perry was actually the stunt coordinator on that film as well. So this is kind of like a mini reunion for them. And then lastly, this is Jamie Foxx's second Netflix film that he has done. He previously starred in Project Power alongside Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which I also recommend. That's a really cool uh not really a superhero film, but superpower-centered film that Netflix did a few years ago. It's, it's really cool. I, go check it out. But with that, let's get to my reaction on Day Shift. Like Hulu's Prey, I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed Day Shift. It's honestly a dumb but really fun action movie that centers around vampires. I was never really a huge vampire fan. Uh, Twilight, True Blood, Daybreakers, they were never really my thing. That didn't turn me away from Day Shift, though. Jimmy Fox starring in the film got my attention. But the awesome action sequences and the character relationships kept me hooked the whole time. Especially the action. I haven't had this much fun with an action movie since John Wick Chapter 3. Which makes a lot of sense because I believe J.J. Perry was a stunt guy on that film. I think that's the only John Wick uh, film he was involved in. I actually got serious John Wick vibes during all the action sequences, and I'll get into that more when we break down uh, each action scene later on in the episode. But for the plot, the plot is pretty straightforward and not really all that special. The film centers around a veteran vampire hunter, Bud Jablonski. He has an act for getting the job done by breaking all the rules, basically. He actually got kicked out of the Hunters Union for that very reason. The Hunters Union is an organization that hunts down vampires. They they hunt down th the vampires in exchange for money when they turn in their fangs to a broker or whatever you want to call them. 
Bud is slowly losing his family, so he has to beg for a spot back at the Union in order to come up with ten grand within seven days. He's able to come back, though, with the help of Big John, who I said was played by another, none other than Snoop Dogg. Uh, but I believe Bud was Bud was forced to go to the day shift instead of the more profitable night shift. Apparently, he caused way too much problem back in the day when he was on the night shift, which isn't surprising judging from what we saw at the very beginning of the film where he just went ape shit on that old lady in her house. But right now, I want to give a, a huge shout out to Snoop. He is totally awesome in this film. I love what he does with the character. I think he has such great chemistry with Jamie Foxx, and they they did a great job uh, conveying that on screen. You could tell that they had a past together and it it's kind of makes you want to think like, can we do a prequel with those two? Like a buddy cop. I mean, come on, JJ Perry, let's do it. So, but unfortunately though, kills the wrong vampire and pisses off the wrong vamp queen. I guess you could call her, which sets off this chain reaction of chaos throughout LA, which was the scene that I mentioned a few seconds ago that he went ape shit on that old lady in her house. It's a pretty straightforward plot though. And I think that works in the film's favor because this is just simply a dumb action movie. It, it doesn't need this groundbreaking story that will blow the audience's mind. That is what the action sequences are supposed to do. And I think J.J. Perry nailed that. The action sequences are just incredible in this film. I love how the film just throws the audience right into this world. The very first scene like that I keep referring to is when Jamie Foxx is destroying these two vamps in this house, like a total badass. But one of them turns out to be the daughter of the film's antagonist, and that is Audrey Fernando, who is played by Carla Sousa. Her character is basically this mob-type boss of the vampire world. She forcibly turns humans into vamps and recruits them for her army. She's your typical villain who is basically out for revenge. She isn't anything really compelling at all, but again, it's a dumb action movie, so it doesn't really need a quote-unquote Thanos-level type villain in it. The film just needs someone for Jamie Foxx to go up against, and I think Carla did a decent enough job at doing that. I recommend turning your brain off for this movie, like I did. It will definitely help you enjoy it a lot more. If you sit there and analyze each scene, you won't have as much fun as you should with the film. Day Shift was meant to be this this wow factor to the audience with incredible stunts and fun characters. Not this compelling story about this vampire hunter who goes up against this compelling villain. It, no, it's it's just a dumb action movie with incredible stunt after incredible stunt and with fun characters who interact with each other. It's And I think J.J. Perry totally nailed what he was going for in that regard. Now, the relationship, the relationship between Bud and Dave Franco's character, Seth, is a lot of fun. Their back and forth was so well done by both Jamie and Dave. Seth is the complete opposite of Bud as far as, uh, well, really everything about the character. He's a desk clerk who has never been out into the field and has no desire to change that. But, of course, he is forced to venture out into L.A. with Bud because Bud is on a very, very short leash with the Hunter's Union. Dave Franco plays such a great scared clerk who throws up and even pisses his pants at the side of violence. But on the other hand, you have Bud, who is this badass veteran hunter who isn't afraid of anything his only goal in life is to make enough money for his family and of course not die in the process 
But Seth slowly grows on him as they spend more time together. When Bud is forced to cut off Seth's head uh, towards the end of the film when he gets turned into a vamp by Carla's character, you can tell in Bud's mannerisms that he was really disappointed that their relationship went uh, took a hard turn like that. It, but it doesn't didn't last very long because Seth was a special kind of vampire. He was able to reattach his head with the help of this healing ability that some of the species of amps have. At first, I was a little let down of that twist in the film, but that feeling was immediately replaced with enjoyment when Seth went full-on vamp mode while helping Bud take down Sal's character at the very end of the film. Seth was as much of a badass as Bud during that third act of the film. I really enjoyed him teaming up with the the fellow vamp, Heather, who is Bud's uh, new neighbor at the apartment building. She is played by Natasha Bordizo, Bordizo. She played Daniel Radcliffe's girlfriend in the awesome action film Guns Akimbo, if you remember that old movie. She played more of the damsel in distress type character in Guns Akimbo. So it was a really cool change of pace to see her become a full-on badass in Day Shift. But with that, let's take a quick break with a fun trivia game before breaking down some of the fun action sequences in Day Shift. So this is the ultimate vampire quiz. I haven't seen the questions yet, so I'll be experiencing them for the first time with you. My vampire knowledge is honestly a little rusty, so this will be very interesting. But I never back down from a challenge, especially when it comes to movies. So with that, let's get started. So we have question one of the ultimate vampire quiz. Vampire comes from the Albanian word damphir, which means what? Person who wears a cape, to drink with teeth, bat, or someone who hates garlic. I'm going to go with uh, to drink with teeth. Because I know the fangs are a really big vampire aspect. Next question. How do people turn into vampires? They're born that way. They cast a spell. After being bitten by one, they fill in an application form and send it to Romania. That last one sounds pretty funny, but I know that one's not true. Um, they're born that way. I don't believe so. I believe they're only bitten. They have to be bitten to become one. I don't think there is any like naturally born vampires out there, not even in the movie world. Question three. What is a group of vampires called? A pact, a herd, a squad, or a, broad, a brood? I'm going to have to go with a pack because that it could be herd. I'm going to go with a pack of vampires. That sounds right. Question four, which of the following is not a vampiric animal? A leech, a lamprey, a cat, or a vampire bat? I'm going to go with a leech. I think that's like a, that doesn't sound right. So we're going to go with leech. In which year did the word vampire appear in the Oxford Dictionary? Was it 1734, 1989, 1834, or 1666? I'm going to go with the newest year, 1989. But it also could be 1834. But we're going to go with 89. So, so this one's called a totally random question. Okay. Which of these do you buy with your own money? Stuff for my pet, big tech items, video games, sports. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to... This must be just a random one for everyone. So we're just going to click some on, uh, random ones here. 
All right. So six. Vampires have a reflection. True or false? Well, if you remember from Day Shift, they don't. So I'm assuming, and a lot of the aspects in Day Shift, as far as the vampires go, were pretty accurate. So we're going to go, they do not have a reflection. So false. Which vegetable can repel vampires? Cabbage, garlic, broccoli, or parsnips? Well, I do know it's garlic. That was another big, not just in Day Shift, but a lot of vampires movie feature garlic as its enemy or kryptonite, as you want to call it. Question eight is, in The Muppet Show, there's a vampire obsessed with numbers. What is his name? Count the numbers, Count von Count, Count von Counts a lot, Drac Counts Counterson. Who? Count the number. Count the number sounds like a Sesame Street name. I don't know why they said the Muppet Show because there's a picture of Sesame Street here. We're going to go with Count it the numbers. That sounds like something a Romanian person would say. What is the most Famous vampire of all time. The Count, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Angel, or Batman. I'm going to go with Bram Stoker's Dracula. But it could be the Count as well. Actually, we're going to go with the Count. No, we'll go with Bram Stoker's Dracula. There's a children's book about a vegetarian rabbit called Bunnicula. True or false? I'm going to go with true. I mean, there's a children's book about literally everything now. So your score is 6 out of 10. I wonder which ones I got wrong. Ah, it was the Muppet Show one. So that one was Count Von Count. Ah, okay. What was the other one I got wrong? Which year did the word vampire appear in Oxford Dictionary? It was actually 1734. Okay. Way off on that. So cat. Oh, I should have known. The cat is with the witch. So the leech would Yeah. Group of vampires is called a brood, not a pack. Okay, that's a new one. Alrighty, so I got 6 out of 10. Not too shabby for a guy with rusty vampire knowledge. But feel free to share how many questions of this quiz you got right on Cinemac Reviews' Facebook page. Along with your thoughts on Day Shift as well. I would love to have some fun conversations with you guys about the film. Or the show in general. I'm always willing to talk about anything you guys have to say. But now it's time to go back to the episode with some breakdowns of the fun action sequences in Day Shift. So right off the bat, the film starts with Bud killing a couple of vamps while quote-unquote pool cleaning, which is his made-up job that he tells his wife, or ex-wife, I should say. This was a really violent but really well-performed sequence. You get, to, you get a taste of some of Bud's gadgets and they're freaking cool, if you, I'm, I'm being honest. I love the garlic-filled uh, shotgun shells and that wire trick that he uses on the vamps at the end. So cool. Bud nailing every shot. Heart shot was so cool as well. And his hand-to-hand combat skills were really on point. Shout out to all the choreography in the film. Even this first one that only gives the audience a little taste of what's to come in the film. It was such an awesome scene that got me really, really hyped for the rest of the movie. I love that Perry made the decision to not just throw the audience right into the action within the first 10 minutes of the film, but also to, he also gave us kind of like world building in such a little time. It, it's so cool how he was able to do that. And then like the John Wick films, Day Shift is just a constant thrill ride. Uh, it moves really smoothly because of the crazy action that happens that it's just action upon action by action. So it makes the film not drag out so much, 
but and it's such a really cool throw ride. I I really uh, rec uh really just love how JJ Perry just went out swinging for his first directorial uh, job here. Then we get the bowling alley scene where Seth gets his first taste of vampire hunting. Bud goes into the bowling alley first and just hands the vampster asses. He blasts them all with his shotgun in their hearts like a badass. There were a couple of surprises, though, for Bud. So he gets pinned down, which forces Seth to kind of save his ass in a way. He tosses Bud his trusty shotgun, which allows Bud to finish the job by shooting the rest of the vamps in the heart. Seth, however, reacts to the whole situation in the best way possible. He throws up outside by the truck and realizes that he pissed his pants at some point in the bowling alley. The running gag of Seth pissing his pants should get old after a while, but every time it happens, I laugh my ass off. Franco is so good in this role. Then next we get probably my favorite action sequence, the house massacre with the Nazarian brothers. They are the best of the best in the Vampire Hunter world. They are played by Steve Howey and Scott Atkins. I'm not really familiar with Atkins. I think he was in the Expendables 2 uh, film. But Howie, on the other hand, I'm very familiar with. And I'm sure a lot of you guys are too. He plays Kevin on the hit series Shameless, which I absolutely love. So him popping up in here was awesome. I love every second of this house massacre. All the stunts were executed so well. The gadgets were also really awesome. The machetes, the silver bullets, the garlic-filled shotgun shells, the knives, the swords, even the nunchucks were used at one point. We also get introduced to the different species of vampires. And there were five of them, I believe. The Southern, Eastern, Spider, Juvenile, and Uber. Seth even gets in on the action by taking on one of the spider vampires. And of course, he does piss his pants in the middle of that fight, which, no surprise, cracked me up again. All the shooting and stabbing and tossing of the bodies were so cool to watch as well. Bud is just a badass. But the Nazarian brothers take it up a notch with their vampire hunting skills. They incorporated a lot of team-up moves which, with each other, which was freaking awesome. At one point, Howie shoots a vampire, causing it to fly back into the air. So his brother, played by Atkins, cuts his head off midair. One of the vamps even fights one of the brothers by holding a knife with her freaking feet. This whole scene was incredible. I could watch it on repeat and not get bored. Then the next scene is the car chase with Bud and his daughter. Uh, this was a lot of fun, but kind of problematic at the same time. Bud's daughter was oddly okay with this whole chase scene. Like any father would, though. Bud has her put her headphones on and play her racing game in order to not dramatize her so much from all the killing that's going on around him. But once she finishes her game and takes the headphones off, she acts like this whole situation is totally normal. She's actually kind of having fun with it, which is a little weird. I know I said to leave your brain at the door with this film, but this scene felt off to me. The action was great, and all the choreography of the actual chase itself was really well executed. Just the rest of the sequence was a bit odd. A kid her age would have been scared out of her freaking mind and dramatized by an experience like this. As the film goes on, you can tell that Paige is a whole lot like Bud. She's very brave, but this car chase should have freaked her out. I see what the writers were going for. They wanted to build on their father-daughter relationship by having them work together in a situation. It's just that the character is really young and it's kind of unbelievable that a kid her age wouldn't be phased by this situation. Like most of the film, though, if you don't overanalyze the sequence... 
you'll still have a lot of fun with the car chase itself because it was down was done incredibly well by JJ Perry. There's explosions, car wrecks, crazy turns. Bud even shoots out his own tires in order to escape through a short passage, which theoretically wouldn't get them back to his wife's house, his ex-wife's house, because those rims would honestly be destroyed from driving on them like that. But like this is a clear example by leaving your brain at the door when you're watching this film, because you're going to overanalyze it like I did this scene, and it's not going to make any sense, and you're not going to have as much fun as you should. And then lastly is the third act fight. It starts off with Bud, Heather, and Seth kicking ass, but then eventually getting pinned down by the vamps in that train station or underground something. Snoop comes in and saves their asses in the only way possible, with the freaking Gatling gun. He completely shreds the vamps apart with it. Snoop holding a Gatling gun is a shot that I will never forget. He, unfortunately, though, gets bitten in the creepy torch-lit tunnel. After him and Bud kill all the vamps, he locks himself in so that Bud has a fighting chance to go beat Sousa and save his ex-wife and his daughter. Snoop blows up all the incoming vamps with this uh, light bomb, I guess you could call it, that was strapped to his chest the whole time. We think he died in the explosion, but it is revealed in the final shot of the film that he survived. I honestly didn't care for this reveal. He went out in such a badass way that the twist of him surviving the blast kind of taints it a bit for me. I know it's a dumb action film, like I keep saying, but death needs to still mean something. It's it's why I was so disappointed with Franco coming back after Bud cut his head off. I That one didn't anger me a whole lot because if he stayed dead, we wouldn't have gotten to see him kick some serious ass as a vamp in the final fight. Bud's fight with Sal's character was really cool, though, and I love the callback to his wire trick from the beginning of the film. It, it was a really neat idea that Perry nailed. As much as I really enjoyed Day Shift, it's it's far from perfect. It's it's a dumb action film movie about killing vampires that was made solely to entertain audiences with awesome stunts and not a world-breaking story or compelling villains. The mob boss like Vampire Queen is your typical villain who is only there so that the hero of the film has someone to fight at the end. And the plot is super straightforward, but it works. It helps paint this picture of Bud being this family man who kept his vampire hunting life a secret from his wife and daughter in order to protect them. Well, I keep saying wife. It's technically his ex-wife, as they correct throughout the film. Regardless of all that, though, I had a lot of fun with Day Shift still. It might just crack my top five films of the year. But there is still time for that to change. We still have Shazam 2, Avatar 2, and even Black Panther that are going to be releasing at the very end of 2022. So... We'll see in January on how my top five of 2022 ends up looking like. Like I said, though, I highly recommend you leave your brain at the door with this film. Because at the end of the day, it is a dumb action movie centering around vampires. If you see the film for what it is, you'll have a ton of fun with it like I did. Plus, you can't go wrong with Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco. They're awesome actors who I personally enjoy seeing every time they're on screen. Their buddy cop-like relationship is very entertaining from start to finish. I didn't even get to Peter Stormare's popping up in this film as Troy, the guy that Bud sells the vampire fangs to at the beginning of the film. If you're not familiar with who Peter is, he is the the biggest that guy ever. He's in so much stuff. He was in he was the Russian in John Wick 2. He was 
the replacer on those Black Ops commercials. He was on an episode of Psych. He played the douchebag sheriff in Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, which starred Jeremy Renner. He was in 22 Jump Street as Ghost. The list is massive. I love it when he randomly pops up and stuff. Because I think he is a great supporting actor, even in Day Shift. But with that, to, tend, to end the episode, let's talk about my top five Jamie Foxx performances. So looking at Jamie Foxx's filmography right now, there are a lot of incredible films that he has been a part of so far in his career. Right off the bat, I can tell you that my number one favorite role of his is Django Freeman from Django Unchained. Django is such an incredible film by Tarantino that I have probably seen like 20 or 30 times now. Cinematic Reviews will definitely be doing an episode on it in the near future. For spots two through five, it's, it's tough because you have movies like Collateral, Ray, which he won an Oscar for, Horrible Bosses, Law Abiding Citizen, Baby Driver, even Spider-Man No Way Home. They are all incredible films in their own way. I would have to put Bats from Baby Driver at number two, though. He is so freaking good in that role. And that movie overall is just really good as well. Now, for the third spot, I'd probably have to put Joe from Soul there. Soul is is an awesome Pixar film that hit the audience with such an range of emotions. The Joe character is very relatable, and Fox does an incredible job at bringing him to life. For the fourth and fifth spots, they're tough because I really want to put Electro from No Way Home on this list. But I just can't pull the trigger for some reason. It's my favorite movie of all time, and it, and it gave such a great redemption to the character. After the letdown, that was Amazing Spider-Man 2. But after thinking of it and looking at this list, I'm going to put Electro on the list. But I'm going to put him at number five. So that leaves number four, and I think I'm going to put his portrayal of Ray Charles at number four. I mean, Jamie won an Oscar for it, so it would kind of be a disservice to him if Ray wasn't on this list at all. I haven't seen Ray in a few years, but I really, I remember really liking it, especially Fox's uh, acting in it as Ray Charles. And for No Way Home, it's it's just an amazing film overall. Like I said, it's my favorite movie of all time, and I'm really glad that Fox got a second chance at the Electro character. Making this list right now was a lot of fun, so I'm actually going to finish this ranking list for the rest of his roles. I'll probably do his top 12, and then I'll put this uh, put it on Letterboxd and IMDb for anyone that's interested in seeing spots 6 through 12 for Jamie Foxx. Well, that'll do it for this week's new release. Tune in next week for my reaction to the premiere episode of the Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon, which drops on HBO Max this coming Sunday. Also, join me every Friday for the DCEU season. This Friday, we will dive into the very controversial installment, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, The Ultimate Edition. Until then, though, keep your shotguns loaded with garlic and wood chips. Later, guys.